Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Things Podcast. And you got the name right. I did. <laughs> I thought about it before I spoke. Sometimes I think before I speak. That's, Not very often. That's a good practice. Yeah. I, should, I should take it up. It's a, yeah, something we all have to practice. <laughs> Today we're talking about friendships yeah. with children. Yes. Not us and children, children and children. Children and children. But really, kind of, it starts with us and children. Yeah. That starts with everything. Yeah. Probably starts with adults and adults and how you model it for children, right? Exactly. All of those things, the weights that we carry as parents, (sighs) and even if we're not parents, people that are around young children. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about it because next week, right before this episode comes out, it will be... The Day of Love. Mm. Uh, what do you and Michael do to celebrate Valentine's Day? Anything? Well, we are this year. But we are going on Friday night to a comedian in Omaha. Trevor and I are going tomorrow <gasps> night to a comedian in Omaha. Who, Who are you seeing? We're seeing, and I'm going to say his name wrong, Nate Bargetsy. Me too. What? <laughs> like tomorrow, Friday? Yes. <gasps> we should go together. We should carpool. Oh my goodness, look at, see, we should talk more about I always call him Nate Benghazi. That's not his name. Okay, do you know that he has a podcast? No. Yeah, he does. I bet it's really funny. It is. Well, and it's it's funny, but I just I just enjoy him. Oh, look see? at us. Great minds. <laughs> That's we, our Valentine's Day. That was so it was Trevor's Christmas present that he we were just gonna go because we both enjoy him. We love comedy, but it's hard to find. It is. Like yeah. where it's, I don't know, where it's not icky and right. swear words and I don't know. So, and I just, I just find his whole like demeanor, everything about him so funny. Mm-hmm. It just makes me laugh. I'm excited. Oh, well, what a small world, <laughs> Bethany Warner. That's hilarious. You would think we never see each other. I know. <laughs> we just decided to go though, because I'm planning this save the date night at Messiah on Saturday and I was the childcare and, and I love doing that. And then sometimes I'm like, we should actually go on we a should, date instead of just letting date. everybody else go on dates. So yeah, I was like, Michael, we're doing this. That's so fun. Okay. We'll have to chat more. Yeah. We could ride in the Tesla. I'm like, you have a Tesla? <laughs> That's a, that's a story for another podcast. What? <laughs> a whole whole Jonat story. But the the good news, the end of that story is Trevor and I are still married. Oh my god! And able <laughs> to celebrate Valentine's Day and go to see a comedian. That's Look at that. amazing. Tied in a bow. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to talk more after we're done recording today. <laughs> so glad we do a podcast so we can catch up with each other right? as we walk by each other in the halls and, and wink and smile. Yeah. Well, that'll be super fun. Yeah. Do you generally celebrate Valentine's Day? Um, not like, I'm not a super romantic person. Same. I'm just not. I don't, I don't know. Well, and I like gifts. I love to give gifts, receiving gifts. I'm like, whoa. I like homemade anything. So my favorite gift I've ever gotten from Trevor was, I think our second Valentine's, maybe it was our first Valentine's Day together. 
And we had been walking through Target because that's what we did for fun because we didn't have to spend any money. It was cheap. Mm -hmm. And we'd walk by, walk through the aisles and just look at things. And um, there was a vase that now I think, oh, this does not match my aesthetic at all. But it was like a silver vase in the shape of a heart. And I'm like, oh, I just love that. So he went and bought the the vase. And then he knows not to buy me flowers unless it's something I can plant. Mm -hmm. And he created flowers out of copper wire. He made them himself. I still have it. It used to, it's been in rooms for, for years and mm-hmm. now I think it's in a box, which is probably not the best place, but it was starting to get a little worn, but my mm-hmm. favorite gift. But That's yeah. really cool. However, I do love Valentine's day, like the child version of it. I love mm-hmm. Valentine's and the whole theme of like friendship, mm-hmm. friendship month, friendship, everything. Yeah. And yeah. I, am. Um, we're going to go after school today to Target to buy some Valentine's for the little girl in our house. And I did tell Michael, like, you sh- I told him you should get me a gift this year because <laughs> it it's models. good to model, mm-hmm. yeah, a healthy relationship and celebrate healthy relationships and marriage and yeah. all that. So we are going to try and, well, I'm, if he doesn't buy me a gift, I'll buy one myself. <laughs> okay. I'll put his name on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love the creativity, though, of, of children. Like, I remember doing... Valentine's and just like waiting. I f- it felt like all year, number one, to decorate your box, mm-hmm. which I thought was super fun, but also to do those Valentine's and give something to my friends. And my kids have always been really creative in things that they have given, like Trevor and I hmm. on Valentine's. Like they'll create their own. I have one like that Brady made. It's on cardboard. I have pictures of it, but it's it was super fun and kind of hilarious in all the ways that our kids express their love for us really kind of highlighted their unique little personalities. Mm-hmm. That way. Like so did it. you tell them to make you a gift or no. they just did on their own? Cause they're yeah. nice. Well, and I, I think, I think it was one of those things that when we would do it for others, like mm-hmm. they would see, I don't know, but my kids, they're good. They're, they're, they're sweet, sweet kids. They really are. They're pretty, they're pretty good little mm-hmm. humans. I like it. Yeah. Good. So, how do, we, how do we foster that friendship mm-hmm. idea and relationships? Mm-hmm. We talk a lot of, about heavy things that seem like they should just be natural when you become a parent. Mm-hmm. Are you So you're almost a year in to Mr. Daniel being right. with us. Daniel you, has a lot of friends. <laughs> I, Mostly well, like yeah. first grade, second oh. grade, third grade girls. Love him. That's, well... With good reason. I yes. thought you were going to say mostly girls. They are mostly girls. Who are competing to be his wife someday. Well, there's Sorry. a list. We've got Zuby's Zuby. Yeah. We've got Rory. <laughs> we've got, you know, there's lots They're of options. Just... Um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but mom's his number one right now. That's, you know what? That's, that's appropriate. And mm-hmm. it, it should stay that way for a good long while. Mm-hmm. I don't I just... There's so many things about parenthood that that you just think will come naturally and that your children will just do that you don't realize how much when you talk about modeling or any of those things, you just assume your kids are just going to get that. And you don't realize how much effort it takes to give your child friendship skills. And I think it's a fear I know of mine of what if my kid's not nice? Yeah. Or what if he's the mean one? Or what if he gets bullied? 
Yeah. I don't know what I am more afraid of if he gets bullied or if he is, is the, the bully. bully. I remember having having that talk when you were pregnant and probably maybe a little hormonal. Oh, I was only a little <laughs> hormonal. Barely. Pregnant, you know. But saying, what if he is? It's just mean. What yes. Rude. All those things that we worry about our kids. You know, we've, Trevor and I, one, one of the many things we're on the same page about is when we go to conferences, we, we care about our children's grades. We want them to put a strong effort forth um, in anything that they do and work hard. But the grade is not like our biggest concern walking away from conferences. We always want to know that they're kind, helpful, and respectful to their teachers and to the peers in their class. And, and that's really what we praise our kids on mm-hmm. is that aspect. And then uh, obviously their grades, cause it, it, they often reflect them working hard or we can see areas of challenge and we talk about that, but that being a good human, that's what Trevor says all the time. We want you to be good humans, mm-hmm. like not perfect. Cause we're, none of us are going to be perfect, but good humans. Cause really that will get you further in life yeah. than being straight A student yeah. or whatever. If you are kind and loving to people, that's, one, what we're called to be yep. in Christ. And also, yeah, then people will want to be around you and they'll like you and yeah. you can be the smartest and richest person ever. But if you don't have those social skills mm-hmm. and if you're not kind, yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the quote at the end of um, It's a Wonderful Life. I still have never seen that. Oh my God. I whispered that because I knew that was going to oh. be met with. <laughs> oh, I oh, great. I think our friendship is over. No, I mean... <laughs> And she's and she's pulling. It. Oh, I thought she was going to pull the movie up on our phone right now and say we're going to pause the podcast for. We're going to watch it a good couple of hours. Wow. No, I I feel like I'm really slacking in those areas. But. Well, you know, I feel like every year you have an opportunity to watch it and you choose not to, so you can make a choice <laughs> next year to carry on in the my wayward ways or yeah be a decent human being and watch the wonderful life. <laughs> okay. I'm finding it now. Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Oh, oh, that is a beautiful quote. You would like the movie. It's very heartwarming. Well, okay. So do you, are you somebody that makes friends easily? You know as what? an adult, as an adult, um, I feel like I have good friends. I'm, I am very thankful my whole life, I feel like God has provided me with friends, and I'm thankful for that. I, so I, I'm weird. I really am. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time, but I'm an, I'm definitely an introvert, and I love people. I love people, but I'm all about close relationships too. Mm-hmm. So those people really close to me have been those close friends for a long time, and, and we're in relationship, like, like you and I, we can have a conversation. I like to have deep conversations, and mm-hmm. but then also have lots of friendships that are um, more. Mm-hmm. So you have like a big circle, but then you have a closer yeah. circle. And yeah. I think I've been that way my whole life. Mm-hmm. Like just kind of those smaller groups of friends. And, and I value that. And that's normal. And that's okay for my mm-hmm. personality. We In early childhood, we talk a lot about temperament too, and that we're all created differently, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes I think even as parents, sometimes we worry, just like you were saying before Daniel was ever born, um, is my child going to be the bully? Are they going to be bullied? Are they going to be liked? Are they going to have friends? And mm-hmm. sometimes we see, oh, ooh, 
we only have, he only has one or two friends, but maybe that's how he's created is Mm -hmm. that this is all I need is one or two friends. And I don't know. I know I've talked to some parents too, where they, this is more older middle school, high school kids. They have a lot of friends on the outside. You see them with a lot of people, but they're pretty lonely because they don't have that deep connection. Well, and we've talked so many times about social media and so there's so much, um, that's put out to the world now, Mm -hmm. uh, that's not necessarily reflective of what's really happening in lives. And what I think lonely is the best word for that. Um, so friendship skills, so skills, anything, any skill we have to practice and we have to work on Mm -hmm. and we have to implement to give tools but Rachel, yeah. in early childhood, mm-hmm. those kids are so sweet. You never have any friendship problems, right? They're just little <laughs> angels. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, shocking how young these things start. Well, honestly, they yeah, you can see um, areas for learning or areas mm-hmm. of challenge. Young. I mean, I remember our Lily, and this wasn't with a, a peer, but it was something that we knew, okay, this is going to be something with her temperament that we're going to have to nurture and, and give her tools so she can manage. She was seven months old, and she was trying to build something like it, with shades and blocks. And, of course, a seven-month-old is not very capable of build, building with mm-hmm. blocks. She's sitting independently and doing this, and she, like, tried just one little thing and it didn't go. And I was just watching her and observing. Cause I think that's important as you mm-hmm. get to know your kids and watching and it didn't go her way. And she threw herself back on the floor and had this little, little mini tantrum. And I'm like, okay, note to self mm-hmm. file this information away. But I think that's honestly building friendship skills in our kids it starts with just that with watching, getting to know our children, mm-hmm. building a relationship with our children, with that they need that trusted adult or adults, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, whoever it is. Um, so they feel comfortable and confident. They mm-hmm. have their their little paired person or people. And then that's the person that they're also looking to. But simple. One of the things every time Zuvi's over, love to play with her. She just turned one. Daniel's right about to turn one. We have several um, in the church that are right about that same age. When she comes over, she plays and she does really while playing independently, she's, she loves to explore, but she'll also come over with me. And of course, doesn't really understand that those play schemes a ton. So this is a great opportunity to learn. So she'll have something and I'll just put out my hand, a flat hand. Um, and then she, when she puts it in my hand, oh, it's Gigi's turn. Thank you. And then I model whatever mm-hmm. we're playing and then I give it back. Oh, and it's Zuvi's turn and it becomes a game and we mm-hmm. have Gigi's turn and Zuvi's turn. But, uh, exactly one of those friendship skills that we want them to use as they start finding some of those little, those little hiccups in Mm -hmm. play is taking turns, sharing something we can start as early as before they turn one. I have not done that with Daniel. Well, you can now. I can. He'll love it. It'll be a game. You might get tired of it. (laughs) Yeah. We had a, my sister came over a couple of weeks ago with her little baby, Julian, who is just he a few months younger than Daniel. So I was holding Julian, this sweet little baby, and Daniel was just minding his own business, playing with his toy. And then he looked over and he's like, what? That is my mom. And he got so <laughs> mad and did not like that at all. 
like, I've never seen this side of you, Daniel, because he usually doesn't, you know, have baby competition, really. So let me ask you, how did you respond? What did you, because I have a guess, just because I've watched you, Mom, so many times. I have a feeling I know how this, this whole thing went. Um, well, first, I was very amused. Um, but <laughs> I said, I can love Julian and Daniel. And I gave Julian kisses, and then I held them both. And then, which is so awesome. Yeah, you but. just you just reassured him, mm-hmm. um, but also didn't say, "Oh my gosh, no, Julian, you're out of here. Get out of here." <laughs> we played together, but I have pictures of it, and it's pretty funny because Daniel's not amused. <laughs> I do not like this mother, uh, but, but good lessons to. Start well, practicing. Well, and I think giving our children that language, even before maybe they can fully understand what we're saying, um, then it becomes natural for them. And when we when we talk about friendship skills, it's that turn-taking, um, sharing, problem-solving, which gets uh, in, can be little problems or it mm-hmm. can be big problems. Um, there's more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know what they are. Uh, <laughs> I think I deal with every day. Um, but talking, having conversations back yes. and forth, playing with each other. Yep. Um, coming up with ideas, following rules. So when you work with little babies, and then you, we work with like three-year-olds. Yeah. When I think of three-year-olds, I think of a lot of like, well, you're not coming to my birthday party. Yes. Any little control that they have, you're they want to anymore. hold it over. Yeah. Yep. This person's my best friend. You're not. Yes. And then the next day it's something We're not friends else. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That, a lot of it, I think, is power, right? It is. Well, and what they can control. Yeah. Well, and really, um, so toddlers, they're still in that stage of development where they're not really, like, playing with mm-hmm. a friend is not natural, right? They're doing side-by-side play. So maybe they're model or they're mimicking each other in their play. Maybe they're just playing two separate things next to each other. Totally normal, but they're mm-hmm. starting to learn. You know, um, it's usually about age three that they start doing some of that back and forth play. Maybe even four for some kiddos. Uh, but yeah, okay, we're hearing the word friend because how do you refer to everybody in your child's class if they're in preschool? How are your friends? Like, mm-hmm. did you have a good day with your friends? Oh, these are my friends. But what is a friend? And mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe I don't want you to be my friend anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you value that word, but yeah, then they use it as a bargaining chip, right? You, I get what I want or you're not my friend anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's when as adults, again, play dates, it should be easy, right? That's a chance for parents to get together and visit with each other and, mm-hmm. and just have some adult time. No, <laughs> nope. This is the part of the parenting manual that we have to be so intentional when they're little about being present, giving them the words, using everything as a learning opportunity so that when they get up to six or seven, they can have a little bit more independence. We're still present. We can still Mm -hmm. help um, navigate some of those problems. But then again, when they get up to 13 and 14, we're going to be a whole lot less present, Mm -hmm. but we'll have developed some of those skills. And then when they're up to 17 and 18, we have very little presence. So we have to put in the work when we can, when they're young and and be exhausted by the end of the day from all those things that we didn't realize. Those yeah. play dates are not for just for us to go in and chit chat. But that is a good thing. I love that you just mapped it out like that because that is the truth. We have so much right time right now mm-hmm. when they are three and four and we're practicing play dates. And 
you know, hopefully you can get a, a good friend that you're comfortable with. Okay, I'm going to come to your house, but we might do some heavy correcting. Mm-hmm. Or, and you can do that too, because we need to help. And you this, know. Is, this is where their brains are growing. Birth to age five, I can't say it often enough. I think 90% of brain growth happens during that time. Mm-hmm. Huge. So if we're giving them all these tools and making this comfortable and natural for them when they're in that stage, we're just setting them up for success and ourselves mm-hmm. up for success. It's yeah. Anything worth doing is worth doing right now. Right. <laughs> but because there are 13 year olds who haven't mastered yeah. those and not that we have an expectation of mastery, but haven't had as much practice those skills. And then it's really a lot harder. Yeah. We, always, than three. we always talk about the pyramid for social emotional learning and we, we reference it in, in terms of the classroom, right? The early childhood classroom. But really, everything, we just want to have a good base and go up from there. So, and really at the top of the pyramid, mid is like intensive um, intervention. We don't want to have to use any of those strategies if we don't have to. And if we build from the bottom, which like for us, in the, ooh, that was a motorcycle yeah. that just went by. <laughs> oh, maybe we should make a friend with him. Would you ever ride on a motorcycle? Um, I'm totally okay, not yeah, rabbit it. hole, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in, so we have effective workforce in the early childhood classroom, but if you think, okay, parents that if you're, if you're a parent at home, if you have the knowledge, if you kind of have the understanding of where your child is developmentally, if you, there's so many resources, um, want to find good resources on the internet, but you can find things to learn to have that. And then we go into nurturing responsive relationships. Obviously, that's exactly what you just did. I mean, Daniel, you're well bonded with Daniel. He knows you're a trusted person as his mom. And even those conversations that you have, you're nurturing and responding to his needs in a healthy way. And so we're setting our kids up for success going up that pyramid, too, is giving them the tools. And then hopefully we hardly ever, if ever, have to use some of those a little bit stronger interventions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what, so maybe, you know, this, maybe I, this isn't even a thing. Maybe we'll just make it up if neither one of us know. <laughs> this could be I'm fun. I'm just wondering, like, when you think of children, cause you work with a lot of ages, like what are some really difficult years for friendship or is it every year? You know, I, I would say this more as a mom, but also working with young children. I think there are different types of challenges as you go through. I think our work is never done Mm -hmm. as parents that support our children. And I can say that as a parent and an educator that gets exhausted. And sometimes I'm like, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like putting the work in today. And sometimes I've said, I'm just going to let this go. And I do. But when on those times I'm like, Oh, that was a really good opportunity for growth and learning that I kind of stole from my child. And I can't beat myself up. We have to give ourselves mm-hmm. grace. But I think these these first years, it's challenging, right? Because they're so egocentric. Mm-hmm. Um, and that starts to diminish a little bit. But really, our brains aren't fully developed until 25 mm-hmm. or even I think I just saw something that said 25 to 29. What? I don't know if that's <laughs> the new. I'm like, whoo. That's so I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, we have the normal, like the, I'm right. She's wrong. Um, that's mine. I want it. You know, when, when they're young, but then as they get older 
it becomes just a little bit, they get, their brains get a little smarter, you know, uh-huh. and a little bit more cunning. Mm-hmm. So it gets a little trickier. I think every, every year is. I think going to a Lutheran school, which Messiah is a Lutheran school, mm-hmm. presents some even, um, it, things can be more hurtful because we are in class together and we're all learning about Jesus and we're all hearing that we should love each other and we should be kind. And it just seems super hy- hypocritical when we have a moment that we're not. Yeah. Or, yeah. and when someone is not to me, then I am, I don't know. I've, I think it can be even more. Yeah. Well, it's just like when we, when we think about the church, right? We are, mm-hmm. we know every one of us is a sinner. Mm-hmm. But when somebody does something wrong within the church, big or little, it makes it that much more heavy because this is a church. You know, right. we, sh- we shouldn't treat each other like this. We're all sinners, and we, we are. We know we're forgiven and we're, we're redeemed. But the same if it's a a Christian school, you think, well, the kids there shouldn't shouldn't mm-hmm. behave like like children, right? <laughs> because they're Christian children. <laughs> and it's true of. We're all learning, especially mm-hmm. the kids. They are learning, so they do need that correction and that guidance. We can't automatically assume because they are Christian or because they're nice, right. come from a nice family, that people know how to yeah. treat each other well. Or, And we are all sinners. That sinful nature is strong. It's strong. It is. Yeah, it is. But so is even stronger than our sinful nature is God's grace mm-hmm. and love. And we can share that with others and so I was teaching in fifth grade last night at Wednesday night is that because we're going through Genesis and the fall and that Genesis um, six verse five of the heart of man he God just saw wickedness yeah and then so teaching them yes that is our sinful nature we are wicked we hate God and at the same time we are a new creation yeah Redeemed by Jesus' blood. Mm-hmm. Both things at the same time. That paradox. Well, and I don't think it's ever too early to have that type of conversation with our children, too. Not, I mean, we have mm-hmm. to obviously cater it to their age, but even somebody that's little, that if you, we talk so much about, um, we always try to phrase everything in the positive instead of stop hitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Oh, our hands are for something, whatever it is, for drawing or for building with blocks. Um, but when that happens, oh no, you know, your hand hit your friend, but let's, let's repair the relationship. We can mm-hmm. say that in different ways. Let's go over and see if they're okay. How can we help? And, and we always even remind our little ones, you're forgiven, you're loved, you know, that our mistakes don't define us. Mm-hmm. And it shows that then they can model, we're modeling that to them and then they're able to do that to others too and forgive, which is a huge part of the repair process in any friendship. What a wonderful thing to practice when you are Little. three years old yeah. because ugh, we do it's that a, the rest of our life. Well, and their memories are short mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, their friend that bit them in the shoulder yesterday is their, their best buddy today. Yeah. And, but ugh. saying sorry is so hard it for is. kids and for adults. I would say, I think it gets harder as you get older. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And we can, I don't know, model all those things. Yeah. And, well, and there's simple things that we sometimes, with all the new technology, we forget easy things that can really help us um, 
practice all those friendship skills. Something as simple as board games. Mm-hmm. Who plays? Do you guys? You you guys probably have game night. Do you? We love. I love board games, so I make people play with me. Yes. Uh, so we play a lot of Uno. Yeah, but that's we great. Play, uh, we just got for Christmas Life, the game of life. <gasps> that is my all-time favorite. It's so fun. The, I love they've it. updated it since I was a child. See, I don't know if I'd like it then, but I like <laughs> it more. Oh, you do? Yeah, I think okay. it makes more sense. Oh well, so maybe it's good. I love the game of life. I know it's fun. We should play. We, we should. should play on Friday night. We should play when on the we way do our to double date <laughs> in the Tesla. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Oh my goodness. That all those when you think about board games, like you're doing turn taking, mm-hmm. sharing turns, which is hard even for us as adults. Losing um, is hard. Yes, and we have to play fair. You have to rules. We're gonna follow the rules, even if they're not the game's rules. That's something mm-hmm. in our family. There are some games that. We have rules that we've all agreed on, but maybe they're not the game's actual rules because right. we've modified it, but everybody's in agreement. So then we've had to compromise, and mm-hmm. but agree. That's a skill. Mm-hmm. Compromise is a huge friendship skill mm-hmm. and hard. Again, the older you get, the harder that is. My sweet husband um, is, we before we started recording, we were talking about how he's way nicer than I am and he lets people win. At games, people being small children. I do not do that. Sometimes I wish that we had video because the gleam in your eyes right now. A play to win. I I was going to say, I can see the passion. (laughs) Michael, he's so, yeah, he just lets it happen. Like we, it's a skill to lose. It really is. You have to practice. And to win graciously. Well, I don't know if I do that very well either. But yes, you're right. We need to practice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess. For some families. Sounds like something a loser would say. <laughs> I had, I have a friend who their family, before every time they would do game nights, super great at doing game nights because I because it's important and they, she hates playing games, hates it, but they do it because they, they are together as a family. They know the skills that, that come from playing games and they, they love it. It's time with just them. The kids love it. But before every single game night, they talk about the rules, their family rules mm-hmm. of game night. And that is, okay, when we win, this is how we're going to conduct ourselves. That's smart. And when we lose, this is how we're going to conduct ourselves. So they've set this expectation. Um, their children go, so when they're a senior in high school and playing mm-hmm. basketball, um, they still remember, remembering, yeah, of the, of the, of the. yes, <laughs> remembering those skills that they learned from family game night, which is super cool. That is way cool. Um, I do friendship group with oh, the yes. third graders. I love that. I love that about Messiah. Yes, um, and I have it today, so I have to remember <laughs> to leave. But one, the biggest problem, not biggest, but one of them is. Four square at recess or football at recess, whatever the game is, because it is so hard to win and lose. It's yeah. hard to play by the rules. You know, it's hard to do all those things. So this is what we, our lessons are in first or in third grade, what this curriculum focuses on. Listening lobster is the first one and that's practicing listening, obviously. Yeah. Not thinking about what you're going to say while the other person's talking, active listening the other, the next one is conversation crab. Actually, I think whatever. <laughs> conversation crab is the one I feel like I think about the most because the 
little takeaway from it is, is it a think it or a say it? Yes. And I sometimes say a lot of things that should be think it. <laughs> so like, every time I do this lesson, I'm like, oh, this applies to adults as well. I yep. need to learn this more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but a big part, what we're doing today is that sore loser shark, good winter whale, unjealous jellyfish. How do we learn to win and lose gracefully and not throw a fit? Yeah. And it's, it's, it is a skill. It's something you have to learn and then you have to practice. And who wants to be friends with someone who can't do it? Yeah. Well, Michael Werner, this is why we should not <laughs> let people win. You know what? I, I'm a Michael Werner. You know I tried that, but that I, doesn't surprise I, me. And so, you know what? Michael and I will play. You, yeah. you and Trevor can sit in the front seat. Michael and I will play and we'll, we'll try to let the other one win. It'll be a weird competition. Yeah, no, but we're going to see game goes on forever. Who can win at not winning. Maybe, maybe that's why we married the people we did. I think it is. Because we need to balance each other yeah, out. Exactly. We say that all the time. When I was in seventh grade, I was a babysitter for a five-year-old one summer. And we played a lot of Uno and she was a child. Yeah. And so she would hold her cards so I could see them. And I took never let her win. <laughs> yes. I won all the time. You have to know how to how to get just dive into your opponent's weaknesses. Yes. I was using my resources. Yeah. And hopefully teaching her life skills. She's so. probably She's doing something amazing right now. A nurse in saving people's lives, and she's a lovely person. because you beat her at Uno. Job well done, Bethany. I'm proud of you. It's a good skill to learn. (laughs) I love when you were talking about friendship group and the listening and conversations. Um, So one of the things we're doing, something called CHIME, which is Cultivating Healthy, Intentional, Mindful Educators. Mm -hmm. That's a mouthful, but (laughs) it's important. I think for educators and for parents, too, we have to be constantly. So we're, we always think about being mindful or being intentionally present mm-hmm. and that's hard. It's really hard to focus, but on really being present with everyone mm-hmm. you're with. But one of the things we do every single session is we do something called listening to understand. Cause I know I'm very guilty about always on to the next thing. So when I'm in a conversation, I'll be thinking, Oh, oh, wow, what do I have to, you know, how am I going to reply to this? Or mm-hmm. instead of just fully listening to what the other person is saying. And I think that is a skill in and of itself. If we can do something and help our kiddos when they're that young, really learn how to listen, mm-hmm. not to respond, but to understand and hear what the other person is saying. Boy, that just helps them later on in life. Just mm-hmm. be more helpful humans. Yes. Oh. Fully listening to directions, first of all, like if you're being told how to do a task, but think of the world we live in now, how it would be different if people could actually listen to each other and not just, I looked at you, I have you figured out and I don't need to know anything more. And now let me talk about me. Yeah. 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 Let me talk about me or let me just judge you from afar and have, or yeah. Yeah. Very true. See, all these skills we learn when we're little. But you have to practice. For sure. Um, one and of be the, so intentional. Mm-hmm. One of the games we play in friendship group the first time we do the listening is 
I just ask someone like, Rachel, tell me about your weekend. And you know, third graders just love to talk. So they're just talk, talk, talking. And then I'll go to the next person and say, okay, now tell me what she did on Saturday afternoon with her friend. And the other person's like, oh, oh no. Right. <laughs> Sometimes they get it, but most of the time they don't because, and just, yeah, we have to actively do this. It's not something well, and I that think, comes naturally. I think it's always helpful to have things brought to our attention um, about ourselves. Some, some things that are just such a part of who we are that we don't even recognize that. So something as simple as that. It kind of, they think of it as a fun game, mm-hmm. a fun activity, but really they're like, oh, you know what? I didn't hear. I really do want to know what she was doing, mm-hmm. with, but I was really focused on something else. Next time I'm going to try to focus my attention mm-hmm. a little bit better so I can hear. And then it becomes again, habit. And as an adult, you become that person. That's just mm-hmm. somebody that listens. Um, there is a, a parent that I met at my last program. And she's just the coolest person. I, I just think so highly of her. But one of the things I just admire so much is every time I would see her, she, I'd see her talking to other parents, uh, to children, to, to other teachers, and little things that people would have said in passing, she would bring up in conversation. And she, she's just, she just takes the time to really get to know people. And I just... I think, man, we don't have enough of of that Mm -hmm. in our world. And I constantly think, okay, today you are going to set out to be purposefully a little bit more like Jenna Mm -hmm. and really listen. And and it makes you feel good when Mm -hmm. somebody notices even just that little thing or remembers something about you. And what kind of world would we live in if everybody just did one little thing every day to make another person feel good? Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. I sometimes am very convicted when I think of this, of just how selfish I am, because I love when people do that. And then I always feel guilty when they walk away and I'm like, Oh shoot, I should have asked him about this. Or I know they just did this and, and it, it's true of all of us. Yeah. And again, that darn sinful nature is yeah. so strong and it's just, Oh, I'm only thinking about myself and what I'm doing today and what I'm doing tomorrow. And yeah. And then we get to take that and we're like, but you know what? I maybe missed that opportunity, but I'm going to be super attentive for the next one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because we can't beat ourselves up all the time. Right. You're right. Thank <laughs> you for saying that. And, and you're also very good at being very well, attentive. Um, another thing we learn in friendship group is conflict resolution. Oh, yes. I'm trying to think of the character for that. Uh, I'll think of it later. I think it's a puffer fish. <laughs> Whatever. A prickly puffer fish um, for conflict resolution. I like it. It could be. Problem solving puffer fish. Perfect. So, yes. <laughs> All those peas. Um, which is, again, every time I do the lesson, I'm like, oh, gosh. Yeah. I need to do this, too. Say how you feel. We just did this in our house, actually, the other day. Yeah. Because... Um, I like to throw Michael under the bus, don't I? But he actually, he just not, wrote on he's the... He's not here he's to defend here. himself. It's fine. <laughs> he wrote on the back of somebody's worksheet. Uh-oh. And she did not appreciate that. She was very upset. Mm-hmm. Like, well, when Michael comes home, you need to tell him how you feel. Mm-hmm. And then that will give him an opportunity to say, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I think that is one of the first, the hardest step is saying how you feel. Yes. Or, you know, even and speaking up for yourself or speaking up 
um, for why you're upset. Or that's something I guess I struggle yeah. with because I would rather just be upset and stay upset and never tell you about it. And or doing it and yeah. just really enjoy that, that mm-hmm. crankiness. Where, I mean, this is a very simple example. He didn't, had no idea that would upset her if he wrote yeah. on the back of her page. And intended no harm. Yes, but give an opportunity to mend the relationship, like yeah. you said earlier. Um, and I was hoping in that moment of just modeling when it's a really simple and small thing, yeah. because if anything takes practice, it is that conflict resolution. Oh, yeah. And it's that saying what you need and how you feel. And then coming up with a solution. And doing it when your emotions are not so high that you can't say it in a kind and respectful way. Mm-hmm. We, um, we use a, a curriculum for social emotional learning um, called Second Steps. And there's the, it goes through a whole year of weekly lessons, starting with welcoming. And there's the listening rules. Um, but then there's the how do we learn. And... And what are some tools? And there's the list. We use listening rules. We focus our attention. But one of them is on assertiveness. And when you hear the word assertive, usually you think negative, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's so assertive. No, it's a good positive thing. And one of those tools, one of those skills we need is we need to be able to ask for what we need and want. Mm-hmm. And we need to advocate for ourselves. And that doesn't that doesn't make us a negative or um there's another word, not assertive, right? <laughs> but over the top and, and kind of cranky. It's mm-hmm. really, you know, I'm telling you, um, you, you did this. And even if you didn't mean to, it hurt my feelings or mm-hmm. I was really proud of this work and your writing on the back made me feel really bad. Being able to say that is so huge. Mm-hmm. And just like you said, if you could model it in those small things, mm-hmm. when it's something big and there's a conflict with a friend, then right. that, that tool's there and that practice has been there. Not to go on a little soapbox, but I do feel like, especially for females, it's harder to do this because we are so encouraged or conditioned to be, I'm sorry, or I'll fix it. I I don't want to be labeled, Mm -hmm. you know, um, difficult or annoying or whatever. Yeah. Or it's the hard thing of going to that person and saying, uh, Bethany, uh, when you wore that sheep sweater that I loved so much that I wish was mine, it really hurt my feelings. Oh my gosh. I can do no right. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a terrible human. But instead of going and saying such a simple thing like that as that, she has the cutest sheep sweater. Every time she wears it, it's, it's adorable. It Bethany. is fun. I like it. I hold no grudge, but you can borrow but, it. <laughs> but one of the things is it's, it's hard going mm-hmm. and doing that is a challenging thing to have to go up and say, all right, this, I'm bothered by this mm-hmm. and saying it to your face and looking you in the eye to say that. So what do we do often? And again, our gender is probably mm-hmm. more known. Um, it's a lot easier to text slide my a, friend about uh, it yeah, or slide over to Scott. Um, did you see uh, that Bethany is wearing that great well, sheep Scott sweater? Scott would be the worst person to gossip with, first of all. <laughs> I don't think Scott's much of a gossip. Is he in here? He's oh. over here, but he's he's ignoring us very well. See, that's why I would <laughs> never gossip with him. He would give me no dirt, and he wouldn't. Yeah, you know. there'd, be, there'd be just an eye roll. I in there. accidentally went to Scott for sympathy when I burnt my hand. Or did he? He gave me zero. He gave me nothing. It was severely burnt. <laughs> like 
we got a degree. Now. Look, he's smiling. <laughs> I almost went to the hospital. I mean, if you look at it now, you can't tell that it's burnt at all. Was this recently? Yeah, it was like. <laughs> yeah, it was. I poured I poured boiling boiling water on my hand, and it did hurt really bad. And it was right before I came to new member class, so Scott was there, and I had a little ice pack on it because it hurt really bad. Well. You know what? That would be an opportunity for good um, friendship skills. Mm-hmm. We could take somebody and say, oh, no. Bethany all hurt, I wanted. Bethany really hurt herself. How can we? Oh, Scott's coming over. Uh-oh. Either he's going to stop the recording or he's, putting, he's getting on the mic. If we want facts in this podcast, <laughs> as a former science anyone teacher. Comes here for, no, was, thank you. <laughs> It was a sunburn she had on her hand. That was it. Was red, and there was no blistering. Severely burned. And I didn't let her down gently. I just said, "You're fine." <laughs> it was real. I was giving him the opportunity to say, "Bethany, you are a strong woman, and this little, this humongous burn is not going to get you down. It's not going to take you out. Today. You are amazing." <laughs> I've seen five-year-olds handle burns better than that. <laughs> Thanks for having me here. <laughs> we did you, not invite you. You, you can open here. I'm going to welcome him back anytime. We'll nope. take you, Scott. <laughs> uh, why did we start talking about that? I don't remember. But, but see, it opened up another thing. Because teaching our children to be caring and polite, that's part of being a friend. And when somebody gets hurt, even if it's an accident, they maybe they caused the accident. Maybe somebody tripped and fell. Yet another thing, when we model, oh no, I see, I see that Scott just tripped and he looks really upset. He's crying over there. (laughs) Bethany. (laughs) Let's go see if he needs any help. Yeah. That's so true. That's something we talk about a lot of. You can say, I'm sorry, even when it was an accident. If you hurt someone, you can still say, I'm sorry. And and I feel like there are so many good tools out there too for parents, because when you talk about this, if you're thinking... Oh my goodness, we go to the playground for play dates every afternoon and that's my free time where I get to visit with the with everybody else and now now you're telling me to help my kids. I do have to like be intentional. That's that's overwhelming, but there's so many tools. There's something called the solution kit. Um I think there's some Cephal, which I'm not going to it's social emotional learning. It's from Vanderbilt. It's a whole website. Okay. Um but it's like S or C S E F I don't know. I can find a link, but, um, there's the solution kit is something so easy and it has tons of little cards that you can laminate and have. Um, but it, it reminds like take turns, um, share, uh, ask to trade all these different things. So when there's a problem, conflict resolution, when there's a problem with, um, children that are playing, you teach them, you talk about these options, you help them practice it, but then you give them those cards. So then when they have a problem, they're like, Oh, let's go get the solution kit. So then you're putting that in their hands. You're kind of unloading it from yourself because you have those, those skills and those tools and you're giving it to them. So then it helps to kind of give, give parents a little bit more freedom too, Mm -hmm. or, or teachers in the classroom too, when the children, and that's ultimately what we want them to be able to do, not have to go reach for those cards, but just know, Oh, okay, we have a conflict. What can we do? Um, and one of those choices is ask an adult for help. Uh-huh. And they need to know that too. This is beyond what I can do. I need to go ask for some assistance. 
I know at Messiah in the elementary school, they do the one, two, three. Are you familiar with the one, two, three? As soon as you say it, I mean, Mm -hmm. no. It's really based off Matthew 18 of, okay, if someone is doing something bothering you, you go to the person right away. And then if they don't respond, then you bring a teacher. I'm going to say this wrong, though, because now I'm like, why is it one, two, three? (laughs) Where's number three? And then the person's supposed to apologize. I don't know. But I know they practice that a lot. And and where there's a system. So the Mm -hmm. the kids, children know. Okay. And people say, oh, I'm trying the one, two, three. Or the teachers will say, did you try the one, two, three? And so it can turn it back on them, too. Like, your responsibility is is to try to solve this problem. Mm -hmm. And Yeah. Because I think that's a thing to learn, too, as an adult, as a parent. When do I intervene and when do I not? Yeah. Because it is a good skill for them to figure it out. Yeah. I can, my mom would say that a lot growing up, would go to her, oh, Rachel's doing rah, rah, rah. Well, figure it out. Yeah. Because that's important skills. Well, and I think observation is so important when you were watching our children, then we can see, okay, this is Uh an opportunity that we need them to explore a little bit more. Um, or it's time for an intervention. Like Uh I need to come in and give some words, give some tools, whatever that may be. But sometimes, yeah, just sitting back and watching and going, okay, so what could you try next? Yeah. This Uh is, this is part of my child's personality. This is something that's good for me to know. I can watch it right now. They don't need my intervention, but I need to file this away for later too. Mm-hmm. Or this is this peer's personality, especially if they're friends that play together. So you know how to foster that friendship and, mm-hmm. and the play dates and which is also really important. Mm-hmm. Parenting's a lot of work. It is a lot of work, <laughs> but joyful work and important work. Mm-hmm. What's more important? Yeah. Uh, Cause really these are lifelong skills that, we can only get better with age. Yeah. We still practice to yeah. this day. <laughs> I know I do. Lots of practice. Yeah. Well, good conversation. I agree. Let's make a plan. Let's see if <laughs> we're going to keep <laughs> for, for our date night. And yeah, night. I'm excited. This, how, what a small world. I know. Great minds think like, yeah. right? <laughs> uh, well, thank you for listening. And we're going to, talk next week we have some plans but i don't know if we should say them because we don't know for sure because they might come come to fruition so we'll just see what happens cliffhanger yeah happy valentine's day same to you this has been a messiah lutheran ministry production subscribe to messiah lutheran on apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts you can also find our worship services and our sermon extra podcast by searching messiah lincoln on youtube Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our content. If you'd like to know more about Messiah Ministries, visit messiah.us. We'd love to hear from you as well, so please email us at littlethingsatmessiah.us. At